welcome to another episode of Bertie and Paul. I'm delighted to be joined, as usual now, by uh, the great Dan, De- Dan Devine. How you doing? Hi, Paul. Get ready for that Champions League draw? The fear. I have the fear. <laughs> uh, greatest tennis player ever come to Scotland, Martin Hendry. How you going on? Evening, everyone. I'm very well, thank you. Hope you are doing all right, Paul. Yeah, good. Yeah, good game of tennis tonight. Good game of tennis. Four aces tonight. Four aces indoors. Fabulous. And uh, we're joined by uh, the young team, Martin Kane. How you get on? Oh, we're going to call you Chunks and Hendo. Chunks and Hendo, because we keep getting mixed up between the Martins. So, yeah. Before we start, can I ask where Chunks came from? As in, where the name Chunks came from? Well, I'm just thinking. I was thinking he was spewing all the time. No. <laughs> no. It's a wee baby. It's a wee baby with chunky. Ah, right, okay. Nah. No, it's not. It's I was, not, I was thinking, full of field, there you go. <laughs> Probably was being sick at the time, but yeah, different time, right? <laughs> so we're, it was funny because at, at the end of the last podcast, Dan said, look, we'll see see what happens in Johnston. We'll see what happens. Then he just came in. We'll just, then we'll look at the panic button. I was just laughing because I listened to it this morning. I thought, geez, how quickly the, the, the weeks move on, the weekends move on. Uh, but I'm going to seed the floor again to Hendo since you were at the game and uh, I didn't see you on the telly I was looking for you but can you were you wearing a cap no no I wasn't wearing a cap well, I was thinking, my eyes were drawn to the guy wearing the cap so you were there in all its uh, glory did you did you enjoy the day was it good fun was it what was it like just just give me your unvarnished view of or your gut view of what was happening in front of you yeah, so I think the, well, I guess there was kind of two elements. There was the game itself and there was probably a wee bit on kind of fan behaviour and expectation as well. So I think the game itself in the first half, the first half especially, there were enough good chances there to win the match easily. Uh, so in terms of, you know, the week before, we created absolutely nothing and could have still been playing and still wouldn't have created or scored against Comark. It wasn't quite the same against St. Johnston. It was a, a better performance. There were opportunities to score and ultimately we weren't clinical and didn't take them. Um, second half, definitely ran out of ideas a little bit more. Um, but still had good chances. You know, Forrest from a few yards out, free header, straight over the bar. Uh, O'Reilly on his wrong foot. You know, there were there were opportunities again, but we just didn't take them. So I think uh, that was one thing. And if you've kind of put to one side that it's Brendan Rogers that's back. It, look, it looks like a team that's in transition from, you know, a, a squad of players that worked under the same manager for a couple of years that are now working with a new manager and new ideas. The problem is, though, because it's him and so many people basically hated him when he left and now that he's back, still hate him. None of that kind of rational or logical thinking uh, comes into play. So like one of the guys that sits behind me is like, I'm away at half time. He's like, 
this is a disgrace. Roger should never have come back. I'm done. And they left at half time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so there's a bit of that going on as well. That it's almost, you know, if you think two years ago, you know, everyone talks about this, the Angie's first six games and remarkably Michael Beale's now on his first six games, even though he's been there nearly a year. If you think about that first six games, you know, that's what people talk about. Oh, he had three losses out of the first six. But he also had like a number of draws uh, into September as well. Because if you remember, um, you know, there was Livingston at home, Dundee United at home. We were drawing and just, you know, it just wasn't happening for us. And you know, I think the chat on here at that point was, oh my God, we're going to be like 10 points behind Rangers before we play them in the, the, the Derby at New Year and stuff. Um, so I think we're kind of a lot of people are already in that place already. Um, I think some of the the injuries we've been unlucky. At, certainly at the the back, if you think Cameron Carter Vickers was one of our best players, he's not there. The guy that would then kind of deputise has been sold uh, at the front end. You know we're missing one of our our better playmakers in, in Jota as well. But I think the other thing is that we kind of gloss over as well is this team kind of peaked at the point of beating Rangers in the Cup semi last year. The form dramatically fell away after that game and, you know, essentially got the finger out for the last game of the season and the Cup final. Uh, but in between times, um, you know, the results were, were poor and the general form, let's say, totally dropped off. Um, so I, th- I think part of it as well is that team did a lot, won a lot of matches and, you know, potentially kind of hit a little bit of a peak. And now we're now we're seeing a lull. And unfortunately, that lull is also now being compounded a bit by the fact you've got a new manager telling them to do different things. Um so I think I think there's probably a lot going on rather than it's just it's Rogers and he's a terrible coach and he's an awful manager and he can't buy players in the transfer window, which is kind of what a lot of the the noises uh, that surrounds it at the moment. Um, so I so I just yeah as I say it's early it's still early. Don't get me wrong. If we're at the back end of October. And the performances are still like pulling teeth. Then yeah, I'll be I'll be worried, but it's it's too early for for someone looking at it rationally and applying a bit of logic to what's been going on to to do that. In my view, but I am probably so, a, a minority for that yeah. one. So Dan, what do you think? Of, let's talk about the the ball, the the football we're playing. Is it is it just that it's slowed down? Is it what 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 you seen on the pitch? Are you, are you seeing are you what are you seen on the pitch? Are you seeing different systems, or we just the balls just slowed down, or what, what's happening in your eyes, Dan? Yeah, well, first to go back to Hendo's point, I was just saying that, that guy walking out, like I actually turned the TV off with 15 minutes to go because I couldn't watch it anymore. So I was kind of in his ballpark, but not as bad as half time. But it's one of the ones 15 minutes, nothing else is going to happen. But going back to as in like ball possession, etc. The um, the 
the passing is a lot poorer. Um, it's definitely not as fast, and the decision making is pretty poor. Um, from what I can see now, Hendo's got a valid point that it wasn't a great start under Postecoglou, and of course we need to get time. I'm not in total panic mode at all. Um, obviously nervous for the weekend coming up, but the way we're playing, the way we're passing, we just don't look like a a settled team at all. Um, obviously there'll be a couple of new players in there it'll be maybe their first taste of a Glasgow derby uh, and an unsettled defence it's, it's I don't know I just don't have total faith Scales looked a bit wobbly I think against St Johnson as well in a couple instances um, just didn't look comfortable on the ball at all Maida obviously with that wild shot <laughs> that, that was the laugh out loud moment I think for everybody it was like what the hell but um, and I kill go drop more of the time. I listen, if that's part of the title, it worked against Aberdeen, you know, so like, why can it not work again? But as it's different, um, it's definitely slower. It's not what we're used to. So I think that's why everybody's not really on board with it. And as Martin says, um, he's right, it's because it's, it's Rogers as well. Like, I'm still not comfortable with him being back. I, I didn't want him back. Um, so I'm, I'm not really on board. Um, but listen, always supporting Celtic and open obviously we get the victories but yeah it's it's not great to watch the passing isn't great the intensity isn't as great but we're not up shit's creek by any means so Martin Chunks what are you thinking? yeah I mean I just thought the, the thing that I agree with Hendo the first half I was actually trying to be optimistic I thought we look okay here you know O'Reilly who said this, you know, the first two games of the season was good I just didn't have his shooting boots on on Saturday. He just wasn't wasn't falling for him, was it? That Kyogo chance as well. I thought maybe another day. Just gets another inch in front of the boy and it goes in. Um, but it just felt like the players hit the panic button at half time. You know, it felt like they were panicking. Greg Taylor came in and had a shot with his right foot for distance. You're like, <laughs> you're never going to score from long range in your weaker foot. And um, nobody was really demanding the ball. I thought the movement off the ball was pretty poor. And then there was a bit of fear of making the pass. So it was easier to just play the sort of safe Neil Lennon pass rather than trying to cut through. And, it, you know, I suppose it's getting used to the centre-half spend a lot of time on the ball. I've not looked at the stats, but they must have been up there with having the most touches. Uh, Kyogo definitely never had, I think he probably the least. Um, but, you know, you, it goes back to having an unsettled back four. You know, you're probably needing then a centre-half to go in a Christopher Fire, run a Roy Aiken of old to maybe go and try and bust through and mix it up a bit. But we just looked void ideas in the second half, um, which was poor. I mean, I, th- I thought Johnson done OK. Um, obviously, it's his first game back from injury, so you're, you're not asked, you know, you're trying to ask too much. But, yeah, it was it was a different... I think the second half, we could pretty much copy and paste what we said against Kilmarnock. Um because it just felt very stale again. Um, and it'd be, it'd be interesting, Hendo, see the booing at the end. I mean, the Ange walk seems to turn on the sort of Brendan Boone at the mm. end of the match. W- was it all against Rodgers then, or is it people bo- booing Wawo on the board because of the transfer activity? I wasn't sure what. what was that uh, a large section, Hendo? No, nah, I mean, to be honest, I, I had stayed till the end. But there was, I think, there were eight minutes of injury time. I was, I was clinging to the dream that you know we were, we were getting a goal. But you know, there was basically like no one left in my row at the point. I, at that point, <laughs> I, I left kind of thing. So uh, I 
I don't know if the booing was him or just booing because it was a draw. Um, don't know. Um, but as I say, just that the the Rogers factor is is bringing these kind of things. Whereas I say, if it was a if it was the same outcome on the pitch, but it was a different manager at this point who didn't have the baggage, you would be persevering and you would be patient. Whereas no one, no one's willing to be patient with him, and I think that was always going to be the big risk if the results weren't spot on straight away. Um, it was going to create this kind of toxic environment uh, in the ground, which you know it's quickly going to head to if we uh, if we get our uh, a bit of a beating up on Sunday. Wait, I, I definitely agree. See what you're saying last year. You know it's. I think well, some of us are looking through with those tinted glasses on at uh, Postecoglou's reign that it was perfect all the time. We did, I mean, for me, it felt like we ran out of steam um, at the end of last season. You know, we sort of limped over the finishing line, uh, but we got the job done. Obviously, you won a treble. Um, but I think that's where it comes back to the transfer activity. The, the, the team needed a couple of new players in to freshen it up. You know, but it, it is difficult when you've had injuries we've had and a new manager trying to get new ideas across, but trying to still keep the same sort of system that we used last year. And I just feel it's maybe then shown on the pitch that it just seems a, still a bit of confusion as to what our identity is. But, you know, maybe this that, that is going to be a transitional period that might take a bit longer than what we want. But... um yeah, I think he still went back and on Saturday we're playing a really weak St Johnston team who was it still in Albion, thumped them the other week there, made five yeah. shots in target and they could have they had a couple of shots at the end as well, they could have scored. Um yeah. you know, which would have been horrific. So it you'd, you'd expect more shots and goal, you'd be expecting more. We did create a lot of chances, but you know, some of them were sort of long range efforts. Um you you'd be you know, we should be beating St Johnston at home. Um, bottom of the week, setting setting the home home game into the season. But, 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 but see that see I can't yeah. see that's uh, playing football on paper. Like so, Johnston turn up at the weekend and they think right, we can give away as many corners as we want, yeah, because we we don't really have a corner threat anymore, don't we? Not really. Starfelt and Carter are not there, so we don't really have a. So I seen St Johnston like, just give them the corner. I thought. Devoid of ideas. I thought the second half, like, is the idea not to get to the byline and put it back? Is that not the idea? Is that not what we're trying to achieve? Well, that, that's what I was screaming at Yang for the full of the first half. And yeah. whoever was in the Celtic TV commentary said the exact same thing at half time. Like, Yang just kept coming, doubling back and going back inside. Mm-hmm. He, he did it so many times. And I don't know if that's what he's been told to do, is that the tactics, but he just screaming out for him to go by the man and fucking dink in and even just take him on down the line, you know, but it didn't seem to happen. I thought, I mean, I, I think that pass out the inside channels, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to move the team along, then the defender passes the ball inside channel, the guy takes it, spins, moves it along. I mean, I think that's generally what they're trying to do. I, I think sometimes but a Rogers team needs a maverick a, a, a character just to maybe lay one off or spin, you know what I mean? Or just do something a bit more imaginative in the last third. So I think when Riley doesn't score, he's sort of, uh, I mean, at the end, Tendo, am I right in saying that we ended up with 4-2-4 on the pitch? Would that be right? Yang, Haksabanovic, 
Well, yeah, Hak Sabanovic was kind of playing as a second striker. He took up yeah. a central role. But I think part of the the thing on Saturday as well was um, Maida played on the right. And, you know, as far as I can tell, you either love Maida or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um I've probably been more in the don't because I watch him at home and I generally find him at home when teams sit in. He's not that effective as he perhaps is away from home where he's getting a bit more space because ultimately he's he's he's, he's one dimensional versus a, a Jota um who had a few, you know, few tricks up his sleeve. And yeah, he just uh doesn't know what to do other than the bit that he's been told to do. And then on the other side, Abada, again, out out in that wide position, he doesn't quite have the same level of craft that someone like Jota had. He's good at drifting in, you know, and finding good positions in the box. That's why his stats are so good. He's not, you know, it's not like he scores uh, peaches from outside the box or puts in amazing crosses. It's He takes up good good positions in the box. So even just the way the game was going, just kind of felt um, that their their influence that type of match wasn't wasn't great either. Just kind of felt like the the wrong people at the wrong time almost. Um, I think we massively miss Hitati. I think his strength and energy in the middle of the pitch is, you know, we don't have anyone that can come in and replace that. No, that's yeah. just the way that that is. It's, but it's you know. funny. But it's funny that you you look at a game against St Johnston and you've still got your four defenders in the pitch, only two midfield players and four attackers. Because I think still think like we were still getting caught out of the back. So you could just couldn't throw everything up. It's just it seems kind of weird, doesn't it? Four two four. Uh, sort of that sort of standing on the eighteen yard line, all passing the ball around. I just I think know, the the other thing that I noticed. I, the, the other thing that I kind of noticed, which uh, I disagree with, is uh, and it was Scales was kind of the victim of it. Was for whatever reason the message seemed to be that the defender brings the ball out, and what happened was you had Scales who. You know, of the ten outfield players, you know, is probably the least talented of everyone who was on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Was seeing a lot of the ball um, when there was a sense of urgency, and then you know, being the one trying to start moves and play passes, which he just didn't have the ability to do. And then the crowd just kind of got more frustrated with him. He makes an arse of the pass, and then then you repeat it again. Um, so I was watching it, going, why why do we keep building through the guy who's got the least ability in this team um, which is kind of what we did for the last I don't know 20 30 minutes it just felt like he was on the ball all the time uh, rather than you know why, why is McGregor not the one on the ball or one of the other central midfielders why can't they try and make something happen Hendo was McGregor getting man marked on Saturday uh, I don't think so. I think he was just—he was just uh, kind of sitting in the pocket where the strikers were sitting on, you know, in around halfway. So, um, 
you know, his influence on the game was not what you would hope. Uh, definitely not being as sharp, I don't think. But then, you know, side issue with him is he's he's 30 now and he's probably played like 100 games a season for like the last eight seasons. So, you know, 30 in Cal McGregor land in the games he's played, probably equivalent of someone being 35, 36. So, um, the only hope I've got a bit. The only hope with McGregor is, remember he had a real bad dip in form just before Scotland played in the Euros? Because I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure Steve Clark dropped him in the first Scotland game and everyone was like, yeah, he's not, you know, he's kind of, he looks burst um, because mm-hmm. he had played about 100 games that season. Um, and he, he's, I remember his form did really drop off a cliff and then, you know, he came back and I think it was him and Gilmore played against England and that was him again, you know, back to Cal McGregor that we know so you know that he's one good performance and then that'll put him on a run again mm-hmm. but um, yeah he's surely got a few more years in him yeah, you would hope but certainly at the moment he kind of looks like he's slowed up and not got the same the same intensity um, so as I say hopefully not but mm. um, say so you've got to remember how many games he's played it's not uh, not out the not out of the question that actually maybe he is slowing up. It's a, it, for scales, I can't feel for scales because I think it's just an un, unforgiving venue. And like, I, I don't understand, like, I listened to the uh, Celtic State of Mind, they spent like seven minutes slating the guy, and you're like, well, he, he's, he, two weeks before he wasn't probably going to get a jersey, you know? And then he got played for police pre-season. He comes back in. Suddenly we've got loads of injuries and he's playing against, against the game of St. Johnston. St. Johnston are just sitting out the stall. His axiom was just make sure you give it to Starfield. Give it, I mean, give it to the weakest defender. And then he gets turned a couple of times and then like they're, they're writing him off. And I mean, he's definitely... It's, it's a tough learning school for a player, but it could destroy your confidence. And it was 0-0. Again, Celtic didn't score. I just kind of felt from a wee bit because I mean, he didn't do that much wrong. Uh, no, he was. Uh, he was definitely on the wrong end of it. For yeah. uh, but that doesn't help. Doing, people, does it? No, I mean he, he didn't do anything materially wrong. He did get a hard time a couple of times, and he's not I think one of the St. Johnston chances. Um, but Stevie, what's his key? He's up against Stevie. Me. Stevie May. Like Stevie May's a good football player. He's been around the block. I think that's not I like Stevie May. Ah, Stevie May's a good football player, don't stop. So Stevie May and you've got to have the what's about you. Joe Hart made a save. That's another thing. Like Joe Hart did well. Joe Hart made a save. Good. That's what he's paid to do. And it was a good save and we're not we can't just control everything, every element of the game. And we didn't do that with Carter Vickers and uh, Starfield, so we're living in cloud, cloud cuckoo land, but I mean, certainly from our point of view, we're going to need him next week. So we might as well talk him up, not talk him down, because next week he's going to, he is, unless something mad happens, he's going to get into Ibrox and it's going to be no Celtic fans, and that's tough. It's tough, tough. I mean, he's your Celtic player, and it's just a tough game for him. So I hope he, he, he's not affected his confidence the weekend, you know. I know, but you can still understand the scrutiny, you know. Well, after after the game, against, aye, so after the game against Kilmarnock and then that performance against 
Jason Johnson, who Martin said, obviously have lost the last four or five games. Um, one of them obviously being at Sterling Albion. You know what I mean? It's it's not acceptable for a club it's like Celtic. And well, yeah, of course, there has been a lot of changes and injuries and stuff, and I know that, like, but that's why well, so many people are so angry. No, I'm talking about scales. I was talking about scales as an individual. The Celtic football football club is a different thing. So there's a there's two or three things I think what's happening. First of all, there's lots of people that decided, oh, Rogers is as good as we can get, Rogers come back. And the whole the whole thing that Hendel talked about was that we were, as long as he was all all plain sailing, but it, it's not happened. He's got injuries. He's got transfers have disappeared. Uh, and Celtic now are on, are on maybe a shaky nail. But like when you hear podcasters talking about, oh, I'm still not... Like, whatever's happened with Rodgers has happened. That happened in the summer. Now we, we, we are full. Brendan Rodgers, like, he, he needs to work out himself he's got plenty of money he's got he doesn't have his backroom staff he's got his old he's got old backroom staff so he's not brought them in and he can't keep complaining about transfers Brendan Rodgers this is, I'd say this is Rodgers one of his biggest challenges in his coaching career and you hope the stuff you were talking about last week Darren saying he doesn't look up for it is is maybe a, a red herring and he he turns up he turns the game on its head Maybe start, maybe starting at the weekend, but maybe not for the weekend. Maybe the weekend uh, it'll be scales or heart makes a mistake or something happens. Uh, you can just see it been a step too far at the weekend. That's my big fear. But listen, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But the, the fact is that listening to these guys, the podcasters, the two minutes with Brendan's a great coach. Now Brendan, it, it really there's loads of things that have happened at Celtic now that have left us in this position. But we've got somebody, Brendan Rodgers isn't going to be sacked, he's not going to leave the building unless he, I mean, he's not, that's his... Yeah, he's done that for. <laughs> no, but he's not, nobody's, nobody's knocking, the only person that's knocking down his door is Celtic Football Club. We did that. The CEO did it. Lawwell and all these guys wanted to back them, but doesn't want to back. Now, Rodgers is under pressure, and this is where a good coach delivers. And this is, I'm quite happy now, let's see how good Celtic can be. And unfortunately, Hendel, this magic uh, signing wand, I don't think we should send any player that's not played for Celtic in the last three or four months into Ibrox into that cauldron. A brand new player. I just don't think that's good. That's a good way to do it. Even if we buy five players in the next 10 seconds, I think it'd be very hard for players to get in there. So who's playing centre half then? Welsh and... No, well, Welsh is injured. <laughs> Scales and who? Uh, Lager, Bielka. Lager. No, but Paul's saying don't put him down. It's no. Mm. I mean, you have to, Paul. That's I mean, all you've got. Be, 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 you have to put in. Sorry, you have to put in the brand new signings that we set, we buy. Or do we have we to stick with I, we, we just don't have another centre half, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't see any centre halves being talked about in this signing of centre half. So I don't see anybody coming in anyway. But for me, it, it's but also but this is where we're at it's not it's just it just is what it is let's see if Rogers can the challenge is let's see if Rogers can figure this out it's quite a good challenge for him to have you know I think he can do yeah. it I'll be amazed if another defender doesn't come in and play play on Sunday or not necessarily no. to play Sunday but just no. to come in 
because uh, that could be your defence for weeks to come. You could be going into the Champions League with that, and I just think, what's the point in going into that? You need to make an attempt to rectify it. And do you know what? Your outlay for players is going to be a bit more than you thought, but the number of injuries has been really bad luck. I'd also be buying a striker because uh, I think Kyogo is great. Uh, oh, for me, Jury at this point is still out um, and he's injured. So we're going into the Champions League with that one striker. Nuts. So I think there has to be a proper striker coming in as well. Um, I, I will be disappointed. But this is what baffles me, and I know I've talked about it in the last couple of weeks. Like, Ange had that moan when he first came in, how slow we were with transfer activity, and I thought we had nipped it in the bud. But here we are, two months after Jota been sold, and we haven't really bought any, you know, sort of player that chap knocking in the door for the start of the living. And it just feels like, I'd, you know, whatever we pay for anyone in the next few days is going to be inflated. So we're because teams know that we've got money and we're now desperate. It just feels strange why we've left ourselves in this position with the Rangers game coming up on Sunday that we're going to be buying guys last minute. Because it feels like we, we need to maybe buy two, three, four players, which is madness. But that, um, I think a lot of it is injury, though, as well, because there's not been like eight signings. It's not that we're at this point in the window and we've not bought players we've yeah. bought players and then they've hit the treatment room straight away and even some of the players that we bought in January like Kobe Ashe and what was the other one whose loan we just made permanent Awata I mean, Awata yeah they're just like totally in the picture as well Talio's there who's injured who's meant to be the new Jota you know what I mean the replacement for Jota but we did day you know what I mean then we'll get Yang then we've got Kwon and then the lager be cool. There's plenty came in, but uh, but I think the on Martin's point is uh, they're all kind of projecty. You're waiting to see what's there. That's mm. not here's a player and you've been like, oh, that's great. He's going straight into the first eleven, and that's a great signing. Most of our signings are always a bit. Well, we'll just need to wait and see. But uh, and that's where we spoke about more in the first podcast is like the. Rogers come out and says the big what is it you're saying the, the big the big signing that everybody was hoping for the big name is never going to come and Rogers said it from the start don't expect then, see, that transfer window where was it Jackie Marcus we signed who was the Dutch top goal scorer Carter Vickers and Jota in the last day so maybe there is still hope we've got a few we've got a few absolute beauties up my sleeve um, I think there was another window with Frimpong and Benkovic who you know, done all right that season he was with us and Greg Taylor. Then we've also had transfer windows where we've bought Jack Hendry and Lax out in the last day. So <laughs> we'll see we'll see what the next couple of days brings. You know, I, I, I think if they're good enough they, they can start on Sunday, you know, and it's some players might thrive in it, Paul. You know, we've had some amazing old firm debuts over the years, you know. Get booze at Big Zeng Z came in and scored, never seen him again. Um, you know, there, there could be a cut, there could be somebody up there that's just, you know, comes into that game and Sunday and completely thrives on it. Um, but if it's another project player, I think that's quite harsh to throw somebody, you know, inexperienced into playing in front of 50,000 of them. But, but, but see, this is the point as well. There's one more point. If you throw in 
say you throw in Raf, uh, Sterling, say Sterling signs from Chelsea, we throw him in that formation the way we're playing. Does he play great football? Like we need to, as a football team, we need to up the tempo, the speed, the awareness of the game for really good players to get the best out of them. You know what I mean? Rodgers has to change what he's doing. Change something because Kyogo, like three weeks ago, we were saying Kyogo is going in the Champions League in top form. Would you say that now, right now? Like it's like it's 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 just we we need to get these good players if we're buying good players in a in a working uh, team where we're not sending out tweets saying whatever Haxabanich is saying and they're all Bernabe's Bernabe's liking it. We can't have that world. We need to have a straightforward. Everybody's pushing the same direction. Love playing for Celtic. Let's go on this, you know, on it. It doesn't but seem that way just now, you know. Was uh, it not the first game I broke last year? Sorry. Right. Was it not the first game I broke last year? Like that, though, <laughs> Sorry, though. Sorry. Oh, but that that feeling, Paul. I don't think any dressing rooms like that. There's always going to be players in the dressing room who aren't happy. They're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or that the manager wants out, but the player doesn't want to go because they're tied in on a nice contract. I don't, I don't think that's now unique to this season under Brendan Rodgers. I think you know that would have been the case no, in the background not, all the I'm, time. I'm actually not talking. I'm actually not talking about Brendan Rodgers. What I'm saying is that for Celtic to do well in Europe, and it doesn't matter who's in charge, we need to be all galvanised. And go in the right direction. Uh, if you look under different clubs, different managers, there was leaks. Ronnie Dyler, there was leaks were undermining the team. Whereas under Postecoglou, there wasn't that type of leak mentality, except Glakamakis a wee bit, but everything else was seemed to be really good. And, and we just need to get back down to that sort of focus on the next game. Let's, let's, let's be the best team in Scotland. Uh, and put those energies into that, but yeah, you're right. It just doesn't. It seems a bit scrappy just now. Hats uh, of like who cares? Let me just go there. Like, he's not done anything off Celtic to to prove that he's going to move to a big team. What were you saying, Dan? Sorry. No, no. Just when you're talking about putting project players in, like uh, a Glasgow derby or whatever, and you can't be doing that. I just, it just flashed up in my mind. Do you remember Forrest? Come on, I've started. Was it Ibrooks last year or the season before the first game? And he um, had an absolute mare and had mm. to get hooked after 45 minutes. Like, so that's one of your experienced players. He, he couldn't have put two and two together. He was offside three times in the space of the 15 minutes. He just had an absolute nightmare in match. And that was one of your longest serving guys. Who was the right been Mavchik's first game, Rangers? Yeah, I know, but Mavchik's like Pele. I'm trying to, trying to be optimistic here. Paul. What about, your, what about the guy? What about the guy we bought? The, <laughs> the, the lone guy we bought the blonde hair at right back? He came on, didn't he? He played his first game. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, he like, had a really good fire. throw-in member. That was his YouTube clip. He did a crack throw-in. <laughs> uh, Bauer, was it? Bauer, yeah. Bauer, yeah. Oh, Maurice Bauer. So, I mean, let's look at the game. So, look, we can either, other people can more about Rodgers than that. Look, it is what it is. Celtic have got to now just get this done. Now, here's my opinion, uh, Martin uh, Chonks. Is, my opinion is that Celtic have run into too many Rangers games with the same formation. So it allows people like Beal or Van Bronckhorst or anybody that's behind the scenes to try and at least have a game plan for us, which is flood the midfield, high balls into the box, you know what I mean? 
let Starfield get the ball so they can have it allows Bill to have a crystallised view of how we're going to play now if I was Rodgers I would take a gamble and change the tactics because I don't think the tactics that have happened over the last three or four weeks have really stabilised a point that they're going to come through and I would look at it and say look let's be practical here let's match up with Tav and Tavernier and Barisic, make sure they're not going anywhere. Play five in the middle, play three at the back, match up with their three winger, their, their three strikers, play a holding midfield player that really holds, and play two up front. Because they're going to, they're going to set, set themselves up to play against what we've been playing like. And I think Rodgers could be the tactical person that he is, we know he is, and just change the way and just sit deep and let them come at us. They've got a big game of the week next night or tonight. And then we just play our way into the game. Don't allow us to be, have the ball and pass around because I think we'll lose our nerve. I think we should. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's, it's a big risk, but isn't it? So you're, you're basically saying then sit in with inexperienced defence mm-hmm. and try and hit them in the counter. And for that to work, you need Maeda to be, for me, if the counter attack's working. You need Maeda to be in absolute form that day, just causing havoc and pestering the life out of them. Because um, when he's on form, Maeda, he can be good in these games. Um, so that for me, that's what you want. But no, I, I get what you're getting at, Paul. I, I still think it'd be hard to try and pinpoint what our sort of philosophy tactics are at the moment. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe there is that bit of randomness going on a Sunday. But I feel like we've, we do this in old firm games time and time again we make a change and it just backfires like James Forrest example there you know um, no, we, we do do it and you sometimes think maybe that's from a position of strength just stick to the winning team but this one's slightly different but the only thing I'm hanging my hat on is that all of a sudden they became heavy favourites and they're getting very optimistic um, and I think most of us would just take a draw now wouldn't you and move on no, no, um, no, we, but it, we, you never no, know what could happen no Celtic Celtic are the best team in Scotland. It doesn't matter what's happened in the last three games. Celtic need to go on my plan to Ibrox to beat them. It might just not look like a Celtic team that we see all the time. But certainly, I think... Of course, of course he's going to get my plan to beat them. He's not going to get my plan to play for a draw because that's just disastrous. Of course he's gone there to win, but, but he'll take is, a draw. No, but yeah. what I'm saying is, Dan, what I'm saying is we don't play like we've been playing... Like we're always in the front foot. We might they're tired. Let them come on to us. Let them try and dominate the game for once. Pass the ball around because we've got the speed to catch them. The break. A lot of the Rangers' goals have been on the break. If you watch the European games, it's they're they're on it. These guys, the 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 guys are pretty quick. But I think if Celtic just bring them on a wee bit, flood the midfield, we play them at their game. I think we're we're still far better football players than them. I think I don't want Celtic to. I think it'll be easier for, for Bill to watch if we replicate the St Johnston game or the Kilmarnock game against them. I think we, 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 we might just need to change the tactics. Maybe I'll look. Because if everybody's right and we don't trust skills, we need to have somebody else in there helping them. And if Barisic and Tavernier are running up and down and our two right-back left-backs are caught out and running and chasing, then skills would be pretty lonely in Ibrox by himself. So I just think we should maybe change it tactically because we can get a draw. We can get a draw, but we won't get a draw playing for a draw, you know, that way. If we get a draw and it's 1-1, fine. 
but I, I just think that this could be Rogers. Rogers could turn this round uh, in one game against Rangers. He knows that. He knows that himself. You know what I mean? He could outwork what Beal, his ego would say. To, he could do this and could beat them two nothing, and we all be like, "Yeah, magic, let's go, knock on." So I think it's a big opportunity for Celtic here to just right a few wrongs. You know what I mean? And maybe not play the way we've been playing. Hendo, would you take that? I mean, I think the scales one, his job will be completely different from what he had on Saturday. His job will be to first and foremost defend, uh, defend with honour in his life. Uh, <laughs> whereas, you know, on Saturday, his job was you bring the ball out of defence, you're going to try and start the move. So, you know, there's two different jobs. Uh, that one isn't going to be his job. His job is going to be defend, which he showed last year that at SPAFL level he can do because he played for Aberdeen all season and did it. Um, so this is, SPFL is his level. Um, he's, he's proved that. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so worried that it's him. Obviously, you want your full strength, but ultimately he's been there with Aberdeen uh, and you know, played Rangers before and given a, a decent enough account of himself. So I think if he's just sticking to defending, uh, I'll be more optimistic. Um, Result-wise, I mean, I think just historically, um, going to Ibrox and getting a result is tough to do. Um, we've been spoiled for a period because um, they were terrible. Uh you know, climbing climbing the ranks as Rangers 2.0. Um, you know they were they were weak even for a number of seasons when they came back. Um, so I think that there was a the, the expectation is that you play Rangers and you just win every game against them. But uh, I think you know when we look historically, going there and and getting something is a is a rare thing rather than something to expect. So. I would probably be more along the if we come away with a draw, I'm, I'm happy with that. Getting a win's just a, a bonus, but I'm not setting myself up for that. Um, especially as well at this point in the season, they'll by the time they play their match tomorrow, that'll be their eighth competitive game of the season. Um, you know, so they'll have played twice as many matches as us. You know, let's see where we are in our little transition into new manager and new way of playing after eight games um, so I I'm not I'm not worried about scales so much and you know come out and you know keep going keep building well, you, Dan you're worried about the game aren't you a wee bit aye I, I don't expect us I don't expect us to win at the weekend as, as like Martin was saying I'd take a draw right now and move on with stuff you know what I mean until we Get ourselves together because we are it's our, we are rocky at the minute. Geez, if we win, I'd be absolutely over the moon. But I'm not I'm not expecting it. I must admit. Yeah, I think a lot would have to click into place for us to win, and I just just don't know that we have the right players at the moment and the ones uh, that we do we- have that are playing well enough to to do that. But 
It's one of your biggest games of the season, so if you can't turn up and play and do what you need to do in that mm. one, then hell, I'm end you. I mean, you got the Ibrox, they've not scored in their last two games, no matter who it's against, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but really... on, the flip side, on the flip side, Rangers are going to come out and play. Yeah, they're going to um, play. You know, St. Johnson didn't come to play, the Kamarnik didn't really come to play either. Um, you know, it's going to be when our team's looking up the pitch, it's going to look a lot different to what it's looked in the last couple of games. There's going to be spaces, there's going to be, uh, you know, as Martin said, if Maeda's playing, there's going to be space for him to actually run into and do the stuff that he's good at rather than, you know, ultimately facing like a wall of 10 players. Mm-hmm. Of course, but as I say, when you go to Ibrox and you haven't scored in two games and you have a defence that's untested, there's not going to be hell of a Celtic fan out there that's going to be going there going, oh yeah, we're going to win on Sunday. You'll always get the, the nutcases that no matter <laughs> when rain shine, they'll go, oh yeah, we're going to win every single game. Mm. Um, well, I think, I've been there. Yeah, but I think my, my view is you've got a team saying they've got playing PSV tomorrow night, aren't they? So they're, yep. they they have to play their best team tomorrow night. They just have to and they've got to give it them all. They're away. All that sort of good stuff. So, if we go and play tactically right, we could turn the crowd on them pretty quick and make them tired and run them into the ground. And I think, yeah, I... I, I you're paying for extra time and penalties tomorrow night? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't think... I, I, I think that Celtic... The Celtic players, like, I think uh, they'll leave one on. I mean, this is where Callum McGregor will turn his, his form around. I think Maeda always ends up with a physical battle and enjoys playing against him. Mm. Kyogo as well. They don't like him. They're always trying to lay one on him. So this is the place where these good players play better. So I think we, I think we might be pleasantly surprised at coming the weekend. We, we start off and this team looks different. And Rogers gets some in the frame of mind to go. Uh, uh, is it, what, where is the transfer deadline day? Is it transfer deadline? I've checked that. What is that? Is it is it gone by the time we play Rangers? Or is it is it the yeah, end? first? I think it's on first Friday, the first I'd maybe. I'd need to go and check. I'm oh, sure some the folks Scottish have said Friday. English one's different. You know, oh, a day I know the Saudi. I know the Saudi one goes on a bit. They've been moaning about that. So I mean, I mean, suppose before then we've got to survive. What O'Reilly's in the paper been linked to X, Y, and Z. We've got Abada's still not done and dusted. So we, we've got to we've got to survive that type of period, or or let them go and we bring a lot of players in. So it's going to be a different. I keep Dan. I'm terrible. I keep checking the daily record every five minutes. Like, what's going on? That guy, I'm doing this guy. But then it really, we'd only have to play these guys if these guys left. But I think Rogers. I mean, we've talked about Rogers. We've done all this stuff. Me and Hendo were having a laugh this afternoon, saying so we could have an argument about it. But there is no reason to because Rogers is the manager of Glasgow Celtic, and now it's we're playing Rangers at the weekend, and it, this just has to work. But uh, I remember at Ibrox last year as well. We get beaten that the last visit to Ibrox, and then the visit before that was another draw as well. Mm-hmm. So we didn't win there last year either. With the team, I think that's who, the one Maeda scored quite a good goal. The early one, that's it. Yeah. Vernier basically messed up at the bang. He nipped in. Is that the New Year fixture? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think. Yeah, but, but, I think but I think what what Hendel says at the start means that it's important for if, if you're looking at how leagues are won and lost and, and, and the momentum and all that sort of stuff 
If they beat PSG against the Champions League, then they beat us at Ibrox. Then we are we are really so it's not good for Rogers. People start to wake up, smell the coffee, like carry on. But the fact is, if Rogers can maximise his tactical nuances to get this team over the line on Sunday, that'll be a big victory for him. Huge. A big, a big victory for us in terms of right. Okay, this is the, the, the he's got something at the moment. It just looks powder puff, but I think he'll recognise that. And I hope that the game does change. And yeah, I'm actually looking forward to now. I just I, I looked at him and like, you can sit and look at the St. Johnson games and carry on, but I think Rogers knows. And if the window is finished, then that's it. So that's Celtic until Christmas. And as we said last week, it's going to be a pure roller coaster. But while we need to start, and it needs to start the weekend. Because what happens after the 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 national? I mean, what happens after the nationals? It's just Champions Champions League. I was just like, whoa. So that was one thing I was looking at. I don't think a lot of our team are going to be away in our national duty. There's only one Celtic player in the Scotland squad. I know. Um, I think they they've got more players in the Scotland squad than we have. So it's only McGregor that'll be away with uh, Scotland. So. Do we not get stung later in the season with like yeah, the Asia Cup. Asian Cup or something? Yeah. Oh jeez, I haven't thought yeah. about that. I think that's January time. I think so. Yeah. So there's not. You know, it just depends on the Champions League draw as well. I mean, that could be an absolute shocker come Thursday night. But what you can do about that? I, I love. I loved it this week in Twitter. The referee get named for Sunday, and uh, the scrutiny's already started. They are saying that he's uh, he might be late for kickoff because he's got mass in the morning. <laughs> and obviously, <laughs> we start some boys went and scrutinised every every referee performance at Rangers and what penalties he never gave. So you've got to love it. I mean, we, that Matondo is looking good for Rangers. Raskin's settling in now. So I mean, this is a team. It's a different Rangers team we're going to play against, and it, I don't want to give them up a hand at all. So. I, I'm beginning to get more excited about it uh, because I mean the cars have been dealt, bad injuries, all that sort of stuff. This is this is a good time for Celtic to turn it around. But maybe I'm maybe I'm in the maybe I'm in the maybe I'll be leaving at half time, but we won't be leaving at half time then. Jeez, you know what I mean? Dan, come on, Dan, you're you're always a bit more cavalier than me in this sort of stuff. You know, you're you're, you're making me worried. I just can't stand Rodgers. And yeah, I know that, but but the fact is that this is it. This is you get my draft handle. This is sport now. This is no, I know, but I think that that's the whole issue there that people are struggling because of who the manager is. Yeah, um, but the fact is that's most that doesn't pick your eleven men in the team. That doesn't get in the transfer market and picks twenty-one year old guy from Bromby like Rodgers now. He's getting I know, but it's the reason that things haven't worked. If we don't get the right players in, people are like, oh, Rogers is hopeless with getting transfers in. It's mm-hmm. like, is he hopeless or is our department that sign all the players hopeless? Is our chief exec <laughs> hopeless at negotiating deals? No, but is it really Rogers with all these other other people that are people in the back of it? Uh, and doing it. Um, you know, so I think it's an issue that it's him that's uh, at the helm because anything, any negativity that happens 
it all kind of comes back to, to him being the manager. At the end of the day, Paul, as well, it's a Celtic Rangers game, you know what I mean? If Celtic win, will I be surprised? No. You know what I mean? If we get beat, will I be surprised? No. You know what I mean? So anything can happen. We all know that. I just don't um, see us coming away with a victory. That's how I'd happily take a draw. Um, it could get bad, like, you know what I mean? Like, if they're on the ball and we are not at the races, they could do us, you know what I mean? That, that could easily happen as well. So there's so much in the pot that could happen at the weekend. It's God knows. Um, we're just not firing all cylinders in the last two games and that's where the worry's coming from. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know that they've got enough quality. They uh, don't handle a, a either to to give us a hiding. So I'm not. We're not. We're not poles apart, and where where we are as teams. And ultimately, do you know what? If we lost the match, it's not. It's not going to dictate. It's so early on in the season. It's the fourth yeah. league game. You know, and don't get me wrong, I know if we lose the match, the panic button will be pressed and the noise will be unbelievable. But Aye, and especially if we draw a huge team like, uh, a man, as a, was it somebody said last week, you get Man City in the Champions League, it'll be like, shh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but Martin, we're going to get a big team anyway, so. Yeah, but yeah, Chunks, but yeah. Chunks, the thing is that the Brendan Rodgers, I mean, the cars are dealt, so. Like, yeah, as we said before, I'm not a huge fan of the guy, I'm not a fan of the guy at all. But he's a manager now, you want to get behind him. Um, she wants us to do well for me. I think it will be, you know, when Rogers come in the first time and he talks about how good a coach he is, and uh, you know, other players in the squad that haven't featured under the hands that Rogers is going to do the old Mark O'Neill, Bobby Petter, you know, get. Take a make a gem out of somebody that's been on the periphery the past couple of seasons. That's what you're hoping for, Rogers. He gave it the big in the last time, didn't he? That he wanted to help the international team. So is he going to try and bring through more Scottish boys? Who knows? Um, because if the the players that he's signing are all project players, he's going to have to think outside the box as well um, and try and see what he can muster up from within because our squad is pretty massive it's a pretty big squad I mean I'm, I'm hoping we sell some players this week as well at that Haxibanovich Instagram post see you later on son you know bye um, and a few others I think a jetty's away now as well so there's a few others that will um, it'd be good to trim up um, yeah I would get Forrest gone as well salary. Yeah, I find it weird that Forrest... I thought his testimonial, that was him sort of... Like, thanks a lot, James, move on. I thought that was him sort of going, but... Yeah, that header on Saturday hit the target. He's like, not been... For, he's not been close to getting in the 11 now for two years. Mm. You know, he's not even... He's not been getting a sniff at all, so... But there just again... Because, he was there, know. but wasn't he? Like, everybody else was shying away, like... Kyoko couldn't do it. Then Forrest turns up the middle of the pitch. You're like, just do it. He actually got some space in that box. Like, how did they miss that header? But you know that way you're like, geez, oh, to make he's not got an egg. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> but he could have, he could have made himself like undroppable, put a wee header on. But he just, oh man. I know. So look, I am I am positive, Paul. I I wasn't going to get in an argue with him over Rogers because the, the thing is, it's not like Celtic are Celtic. Whatever's happening, we could we, we could have a we could have a podcast, maybe the next couple of weeks. Maybe in our national we'll have a podcast about 
Lowell's son looking after recruitment or uh, CEO and not doing what we're supposed to be doing and not having an identity out Celtic play and all that kind of we can have that conversation but right now I hook up a crook Celtic need to get a result on Sunday and that's it and, and then then we have to deal with the Champions League but the, the ultimately Champions League will be decided on how many defenders we can get back in jail and won't it I mean we could be the best forward looking team in the world while these wingers were buying but if we've got for porous at the back we're absolutely snookers I mean, that's just another I mean may just come back with a couple of loan deals as well you know the way like, you can usually bring in loan deals or players out of contract after the window so I think you <laughs> exactly so <laughs> if we do lose at Ibrooks and those, I think there might be a bit there'll be a big knee jerk reaction they may have to bring in a couple of, I don't know who I don't know where mm. from but they might just need to bring in a couple of people to settle everybody is, he, is Morelos found a club yet? No, no, he's in Spain. He's went to Spain. Oh, has Spain. he? Couple of I, I thought they would sign him back. I could just see it being Morelos signs the week of the old forum game. You could write the headline, but oh, he's gone. Handel. So, Handel, you, so I'm more positive than you, Handel. Handel's just keeping it. Keeping it. I, I can't wait till the weekend now. I'll talk myself into I'm just... Uh, just trying not to get caught up in it all. Um, and just just for the record, I am not pro Brendan Rogers being the manager. <laughs> just as I wasn't pro Neil Lennon being the manager either. Just try to judge them on what they're actually doing in the matches rather than kind of come at it with a a little agenda. That is all. <laughs> It'd be great to see. I know that's a podcast, but Hendo's face now looking at me. He's just coming up clear as day. That is my position, Martin. Let's talk about. Yeah. As as I as I said at the time, Neil Lennon got appointed. The club should uh, be doing a proper recruitment exercise. They should be interviewing people, understanding what they can bring to the job, not just decide. Should we get him? Aye, let's get him. And that's that's it. That's just what they do. Because so, appointing someone in the showers and appointing the guy that was a manager, like whatever it was four years ago, uh, that you're still in touch with, doesn't doesn't cry out to me a robust and challenging process to get a manager in. It just it's not a proper business. It's not a boys. proper business decision. Exactly. It's not a business decision. And at the end of the day, we're a business. So how do they get away with it? I just don't know. Mm. It's embarrassing. Flying over. I'd love to be in that plane flying over to Spain to ask Brendan more money. Than but that, that, that's what Brendan feels like sometimes. Like exactly what you said, Hendo. Jobs for the boys. It's mm. like, oh, get Brendan back. No, I mean, we all feel sorry for him and he was all sad and everybody's calling him bad names and we want to be able to bring him back up the road a couple of times. Bring him back and try and make everybody happy again. Like, go do a good f*** yourself. He's probably Stratton's half-cousin or something. <laughs> Aye, exactly. Yeah. I just well, don't like well, him. Like, on that, see if they'd done interviews, which yeah. clearly they didn't do. I know they're like, he was the best candidate available, blah, blah. It's like, you didn't really search the market. Don't, don't treat us for yeah. idiots. But even if they'd spoken to... You know, the guy that had been at City, um, what was he, Maresca? Yeah. Um, who, you know, ultimately maybe he would have come in and the team would have just kept playing the same way because that's a system he knows how to coach and stuff. 
Um, so actually, in terms of the upheaval and transition for the players, or maybe it wouldn't have been too much. They just don't even seem to, you know, think about that. It's just like they think about the name rather than actually how the football's played on the pitch. Anyway, but yeah, they, they, they call it this. This morning they have a wee rant about Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon's in the papers every five minutes. Since I'm reading the paper every five minutes, it seems to be a lot. Like Neil Lennon's son's playing football. Neil Lennon's now got himself. He wants a Hibs job, didn't he? And he says the best is yet to come. And I'm like, Neil, what's going on? And his best friends were who? Who was the Matera? Derek Marlick manager. Mm. Wait, can you just on that quickly? Um, Lee Johnson at the weekend, I don't know if you saw his interview. I mean, he is, he just should go back to working as like a recruitment consultant in London. I mean, some of the things that guy hits out with is unbelievable. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so during the week he moaned that um, Rastin Villa manager been over his technical line like in the eighth minute so Emery <laughs> sort of stepped over and Johnson's over at the fourth it's so cringe and then he said in his post-match interview on Saturday it's been every game we've been defeated this season it's been fine margins we haven't been annihilated and it's like short term memory mate <laughs> Oh, you know, so it could be worse. We could be Hibs fans. Um, oh, you know, imagine the prospect of Neil Lennon coming back to your team. Uh, look, right, so we'll finish it there then. We're, 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 so we're all optimistic of a, a fine draw. <laughs> God. As <laughs> it's Wednesday, I'm like... Like, what was it? Like, that was that tweet the guy sent out 11 transfer market activity. You know, it's still Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Nothing's happening. That's good. I think it's just Tuesday, Paul. Ah, it's yeah. Tuesday, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> He's lost it. Dan, Dan, can imagine if you get tickets to the Champions League and it's like, we're playing against some German mom and we're done about 10 nothing. It turns the crowd and me and you're crying to send it out. <laughs> Oh, we got a beer, it'll be all right. Oh, jeez. So you think that boy will be... I, I'm really interested in this guy left, left at half-time, Hendo. Do you think he'll be back? No? I think so. Him and his mate were just arguing all the time. Basically, one of them thinks Maida's our best player and one of them thought he's shite, uh, essentially, to, to, quote, to quote him. Um, what so, happened when Forrest came on? Did people just lose their marble? Um... When Forrest came on, did, like, uh, did anybody shout to Rogers like, what's going on here? No? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, um, Rogers whistled at him and then put up his fingers to say five, that you're on in five minutes. Yeah. And uh, aye, no one no one greeted that with any optimism that James Forrest was coming on in five minutes. I've got to, I've got to be honest. He threatened and giving it whistling and Forrest is like, I what, just, what was it? What was it like when Burnley came on? That was the sort of. Is that when you turned it off, Dan? When Burnley came on, Taylor? I, no, I don't even think I seen him coming on. It was that. <laughs> he was random. He was random, and he? he was just passing balls up the park. And I was like shouting. Remember, Mark Manuel used to do it if we were ever struggling with ten minutes to go. He just shot me Albie on <laughs> up front and just lump balls in the box. It was like, give us something. We <laughs> do something. Please, just please. We don't. We don't actually have anyone you can chuck up though. No, no. that's all. Like a big lad one. Oh, <laughs> don't have oh. one. Maybe Gordon Stratton was right, you know, about our genetics. Well, I thought we didn't get any Scottish players that are all tiny. 
Well, Such a small team. Remember, that's why Stratton gets sacked from Scotland. Remember, he had some mad rant about genetics and how we're not tall enough. And ah, that, was, right. that was a weird interview. Dan, Dan, but you, you say, would you say Lager? Is his name Lagerbeek or whatever? Lagerbeekel. Oh, I loved the way you were saying it last week. Loved it, loved it. Uh, surely he's quite tall because he's not like up and down wee header. Like, <laughs> was a header. He's too busy chasing Stevie May, who was skinning him at the end. What's going on? I know. I can't believe you don't like Stevie May, Dan. I mean, I'm... Stevie May wasn't skinning him at the end, was he? He beat him for pay. That's just made me feel worse for Sunday then. Brilliant. <laughs> he, made, he did make Stevie May look really fast. <laughs> but in saying that, Liam Scales made one of the St. Johnson strikers look like Kaka at one point. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> back and forth over him. There's a lot to be said about just they don't let the ball bounce as a centre half. <laughs> He let it bounce twice. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about scales. Can you imagine that? Like the boy chips the ball over and you're just looking on the ceiling for it, just like shaking the head at you. Then you turn around and the ball goes back over. So you've still got to watch the other ceiling for it. I'm just like, what are you doing, scales? And you've got to try and work out where you are. Oh, he did. He took you most of them. Right. That's us for tonight. Gentlemen, thank you very much for... I, I am going to be unbeat, upbeat and I think Rodgers are going to pull this round and we're going to beat Rangers at the weekend if he plays a tactical tacti- tactical masterstroke. So there we go. Well, and, let's, uh, let's, let's have our predictions then. I think Celtic. Celtic. 3-1. Yes, come on. My Ada scores. I think... Um, I think a draw. I think... We're not as bad as it's kind of being blown up, and I don't think Rangers are as good as is being blown up. Um, so I think it's a, I think it's a draw. Chunks. Oh, so that let's go one 0 Celtic O'Reilly scores an absolute rifle, <laughs> and then we're back on track. That's a, that's a Celtic soccer pundit answer right there. <laughs> <laughs> and, he says in his po- and he says in his post-match interview, it's all Joe Rogers, edge coaching that's made them the player he is. Well, just talking to me in the canteen. He sits beside me in the canteen. I think the reality is O'Reilly leaves for Leeds tomorrow and we've got some other boy in. Nah, I, I, I can see them beating us on Sunday and I'm sorry to say it, but I, I just can't see Derek Johnston, Derek Johnston, Derek Johnston, you know, Celtic mm. podcast, Derek Johnston. <laughs> Dan, on you go, Dan. I'm going to go for a, a part of the bus, watch the game behind the couch, kind of. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> Do you want to come to my house, Dan, and we can sit in the spin nope. together? <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind talk to Andy on Sunday. Just sit there. What, what's going to be worse, the Champions League draw or Sunday? Watch both from behind the couch. Celtic, no pop. Hey, this time of year, you need to start working out how the coefficients made up and seedings and all sorts of nonsense. Oh. What pot you're in? I think we're in pot four. I think that's pretty much guaranteed. I think if Rangers qualify, they're in pot one. I don't know how that happens, but it's just the usual. <laughs> we can't get them. <laughs> We don't want them because of scurried as the weekend. <laughs> I don't want that Rangers more. <laughs> They'll get through and get the easiest group as usual. You know, things are guaranteed in life. Oh, uh, we we'll end up with Milan, Benfica, and Shakhtar. 
Barcelona. <laughs> well, the Spanish a lot in it this year, Dave. Quite happening, so. Because your man from Hamanakis is sticking the, the lips on girls now. <laughs> That's so funny, isn't it? He's played for Hamanakis. It's so funny.